0: Welcome back to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we all believe that hope inspires the good to reveal itself in our lives, to help us see more clearly and live more fully. And so today's episode is entitled The System Behind the Curtain. Yes, friends, it's a Wizard of Ozzy kind of episode. (laughs) The System Behind the Curtain. Uh, Most of us are running on autopilot. Um, hardly ever reflecting on our lives, and it's easy to get bogged down in the minutia of everyday life and fail to notice important opportunities for change. So we are talking about that today. And Anna, in this episode, um, we are learning about how we have these two different parts of our brain, and uh, it almost sounds like we have two brains, right? <laughs> but we don't. But uh, you want to talk a little bit about that, this cognitive system that human beings, uh, how we use these different parts of our brain. So speak to that a little
1: yeah. bit. Yeah. So, um, when it comes to like our behavior, Uh, and our decision-making, um, and being able to make decisions to behave differently. Sometimes our brain is at war with itself and we don't even realize it. So we've got these two systems that are running simultaneously. We've got the automatic system and the reflective system. Um, our brain is somewhat lazy and wants to like (laughs) automate as many functions in life as possible. Can
0: you imagine telling your mom that?
1: (laughs) Sorry, mom. Mom, I'm
0: not lazy. It's my brain. My
1: brain's a little (laughs) lazy. (laughs) But it does, like, so anything that it can automate, um, it does. And so, like, that's going to be, like, uncontrolled, effortless responses to things, um, associative kind of decisions. It's very unconscious. Um, And so, you know, I mean, we've all been there. We've been, like, driving uh, our car on our familiar route, like, to school or to work or wherever. And then you, like, are like, I I literally don't remember how I got from here to there. But it's because you've done it so many times, it's all automated, right? It's very unconscious.
2: So true.
1: The other part of our brain would be the reflective. And that's much more like um, deductive. It's slow. It's self-aware. It's controlled. And so those are the things where we have to make like active decisions on something, right? Where we have to like make where we realize there are choices between things. Um, And so when it comes to modifying our behavior, so much of our behaviors run on the um, automatic, the autonomic nervous system that we just are not even aware of. So um, in order to make changes, we've got to really engage the reflective system um, and bring that to the forefront in order to be more aware that there are decisions to be made that can be done differently than how we are doing them automatically.
0: And Scott, I think one of the most natural ways to do that is to pause and think about the way we are reacting to things or acting to things. Are they bringing more healthy things, um, more things into our lives that are good, or are they in some way causing greater conflict and pain and struggle in our lives? That's So the self-awareness to ask that question of how we're reacting or acting, what is it bringing in our lives? Is a good place to start?
2: It is the, it's the only place to start. That's why self-awareness, as May says in Addictions and Grace, is the only pathway to transformation. You must be aware of why you're choosing to do, why you're thinking what you're thinking. And remember, all actions, all choices are originated with a thought. And so, you know, I'm going to go back to what Covey wrote. And to me, it's one of the greatest quotes I've ever read. And every time I read it, it motivates me with hope. But just uh, you listeners, listen to this quote. I'm going to say it a couple of times, really slow, so it really saturates into your mind. He says that, and I can change. I can live out of my imagination instead of my memory, and I can tie myself to my limitless potential instead of my limiting past. I want to say that one more time. And I can change. I can live out of my imagination instead of my memory. I can tie myself to my limitless potential instead of my limiting past. And so we react from our past, from how we remember things. And those become neural pathways, become ingrained. And so the first step towards transformation and changes, I'm aware of that's where that's coming from. And that is not good. I had a friend of mine tell me last night at dinner, I made some statements and she just said, stop it. Don't ever say that again because that is not who you are. Don't ever, don't give it any, any fuel to continue to, to grow. It's, don't say it. Don't believe it. Don't Don't, don't even consider it. It's not who you are. And right then is where, and I was like, that's to me, that takes energy and attention to detail. There's that thought, you know. And with, and I don't know about you guys, but when I think a certain thought, I physically feel it. And Lee says that when we have the disintegrated thoughts that are going to conflict, there's separates the integrity of the thought. That she goes, you feel what you believe. It it so, and so I mean I it, I start thinking those negative thoughts about myself, and and those go back to my memories of what was in the past that's limited, and I stop living out of the the limitless potential of my imagination. And I really believe that the imagination is where God, so so awareness is both. That limits me right there. That thought is going to create a trajectory. It's gonna pull me down with it. And physically, I'm gonna feel it. And we know that creates, uh, uh, what's the hormone, the stress hormone, cortisol, which is so physically damaging. I mean, it's just, it's destroying my life. Or I could choose to think a thought with God through grace, that has this new creative power to it. And that releases endorphins, which heals my body and puts me in a state of rest. And so Jesus says, every day I put before you life and death, choose life. Where am I choosing life? In what I'm choosing to believe and think. It all originates, I mean, the mind is the most powerful deal. I mean, what I'm putting in my in front of me and what I'm going to believe Is it going to determine my whole life?
1: Right. And I think we don't even recognize how much of how we think is very habitual. Like we have the habit of thinking in a certain kind of way and it's on, it's on your auto system. And until you can find a way to stop, pay attention, be self-aware of the actual thoughts that you are thinking, you're not going to be able to transform the way you think and you won't be able to transform the way you behave.
2: You know, and maybe that's, you know, for us who've been in athletics or, you know, training is everything. So what am I training my brain today? I have this new, you know how I am about my whiteboard, but I have this on my whiteboard in my house now. I put right before I walk out the door, who are you training to be today?
0: Oh, that's good. Who are
2: you training to become today? And so the being aware of what those thoughts are, what they are creating, what they're, they're, they're forming neural pathways or the. So that's why Leaf says that the good news is we can, with the new neurogenesis, with the new neurons every day, we have the potential to build new neural pathways. The bad news is, or we can continue to feed the old ones that are deeply ingrained. So consistency plus time plus grace equals transformation. And the consistency is I must be aware of what I am saying to myself. And when I'm choosing to speak into my life, I'm speaking into reality change begins right there train a new way of seeing yourself and believing about yourself Uh,
0: it's interesting because when I was listening you read the Covey uh, quote it's the memory when I heard you say that is almost like keeping us stuck or pulling us back yes where imagination is pulling us forward Mm -hmm. so I I just wonder if there was an attention to how he wrote that, that like because I think you could have good memories that could be helpful but memories are always about what's behind um, and imagination is about opening to a completely new future. And so uh, I love the, the order of that. And then the other thing, when you were talking about the cortisol um, going through our bodies, like my, I'm a pastor, you guys know that, so my, my God gene was going ding, 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 ding. Like that's <laughs> like there are these natural ways that God helps us heal and, and works in our lives, so it isn't just this, these theories in our heads, but our bodies are made, our minds are made in such a way, that God is helping us and, and guiding us to well-being and, and more health. So uh, in the book, Scott, and I don't know which one you guys want to answer this, but it says it takes work to change unwanted habits and behavior because habits require no decision-making. So what kind of decision-making are, are, are we talking about? It, and I think, and you guys tell me if this is it, but the decision making that I think you're asking people to do is are these thoughts pulling you back into an unhealthy memory in the past that's just burdening you and holding you back or are your decisions uh, imagining something more beautiful and good that's ahead and who you can become and if you train uh, for who you want to be, you can actually become that. Is that is that the decision-making we're talking about?
1: Yeah, it, it's like stopping, um, taking control of that autopilot, like really paying attention to the thoughts that we're thinking. And most of the time, um, we don't even recognize we're having this inner dialogue. Like it's just going on in our head and we're going about our day and we've got to be like, wait a minute, I've just been like mentally berating myself for the last five, 15 minutes and I didn't even recognize I was doing it because that's where those neural pathways are wired and that's how I'm on autopilot to like pick out every negative flaw about myself um so, so really, you,
0: you you stop right in that moment going wait a minute I'm not helping myself right I think in this way right Scott, and paying you do the attention.
1: attention
2: it's not even that I'm not helping myself I'm harming, You're hurting yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah 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 and I think one way to pay, like pay attention is like like Recognize like, how am I feeling in my body right now? Like when you, you know, when you've had that buildup of cortisol, because you're having all of those like negative thoughts and that stress response and it's on autopilot, it's totally like, um, it's not intentional, it's unintentional, but it's the way our brains are often wired to that negative bent. Um, and then that you'll start to feel it in your body if you're paying attention and then recognize like, hey uh, why am I feeling this way? Why do I have a tight chest or why am I feeling like my muscles tense what am I thinking about? Can I change the direction of my thoughts right now?
2: Yeah, it, it, the reality is that whatever has been a part of my life, and it's a neural pathway, and it's, it's, it's deeply ingrained in me, it doesn't take any energy at all to just react. You know, and my response is, has been negative. And, and again, going back to Covey, he said that in recovery and healing, we learn to have the ability to respond, which is where we get the word responsibility. I just love that having the ability to respond. But it takes energy, it really does. It takes concentration, it takes energy to form new neural pathways, to reflect on things differently, to see things from a different perspective. And so I always look at preparation. For me, I'm big on little index cards. I'll I'll write down my, because I know that thought's gonna come. I know, Mm -hmm. I know that in this day I'm gonna get triggered and I'm gonna respond out of the same old dysfunctional way. And that's why, you know, uh, Thompson says, are we paying attention to what we need to be paying attention to? Mm -hmm. God's always trying to get my attention. Scott, don't go down that road because, you know, it's going to form a pathway. Mm -hmm. And so I take those thoughts captive. I'm paying attention. It takes energy. Then I redirect. That takes energy. It takes concentration. So on my card, I have my redirections. And usually I'll take verses that will speak into it. And for me like right now the big struggle for me is doubt. You know, doubting myself, doubting that God's going to this. And so what I do, I, I I use that proverb verse all the time and I and I personalize it. Scott, trust in me with all your heart and all your soul. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't look at this thing through those old lens. Trust me and I will make your path. I will make it a, you know, I'm going to take care of you. But you you it's a participation again. I have to how
0: how important because I don't think what you're advocating, what you guys advocate, is that you do these things alone. Mm-mm. Sometimes it starts with self-awareness. Like, like Anna, you were saying, like Scott, you're saying that, oh, I realize that this is not healthy thinking. Like, this is actually hurting me and harming me. But uh, And there is this moment of, you know, a reckoning with God. God, I need your help. Like, that's a prayer. God, help me oh, yeah. in this. And I'm aware of this now. But how much uh, value do you guys put in that? You can't do that alone. Like you, when you're exploring these kinds of things, when you're learning self awareness, it's probably good to have someone to get some feedback from.
2: So yeah, oh, sorry. yeah. The last night having that friend sit there and say to me, Scott, stop it. Do not say that ever again. That is not who you are. This is who you are. And you're right. That that's invaluable. That. Person in my life saying
0: that a, a, a trusted fan, friend, a spiritual friend, a pastor, a counselor, a therapist, a small um, group, a small group. <laughs> uh You yes. would think you guys maybe um, yeah. do small groups?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. And I like I've seen. Proof in the pudding Mm -hmm. sometimes you have a really hard day and you um, walk in and you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders because you've just had that deeply ingrained negative narrative running all day and then you come into group and you are loved and you are affirmed and you are accepted and all of a sudden you walk out of there 50 pounds lighter because you have had that perspective shift of like wait a minute that's not who I am. And that's not the truth of the narrative that I'm living that there actually is goodness to be found and there is hope. And this is part of a process and it's difficult, but it's not hopeless.
0: It's definitely to have someone witness and go, you go, girl. Yeah. You go. You? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so important. Um, Scott, um, you did, you mentioned Thomas saying, um, how well am I paying attention to what I'm paying attention to? Um, what, what are the signs that we're not paying attention to what we should be paying attention to? It's really easy for me Mm.
2: Uh, uh, when I'm, when I finally just after, and it can be hours and hours, almost a whole day will go by and I, I'm stressed, I'm filled with fear Mm. and I just know, where have I been? Where have I been? And, um, is that
0: when you say where I've been, you mean in your, in your mind? Exactly. Yeah.
2: And there's this little process that, that I've taught that was taught to me years ago called FANOS, F-A-N-O-S. It's an acronym, but it's it's feelings, affirmation, needs, ownership, uh, ownership and then uh, sobriety. sobriety. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, if I will periodically through the day stop, and this is what it was taught for me, Scott, this is how you know where you are. I'll stop and I'll look at my feelings chart and I'll kind of name what I'm feeling. Then what is an affirmation I need to believe for me today, right now, at this instant? And then what do I need right now? You know, like I I, I need to stop ruminating. And, and what I need to own, I need to own that only I can stop that process. I got to take my thoughts captive. And and for me, sobriety most of the time is, is emotional sobriety. And I and I'm, if I've been in a downward spiral, I'm not sober mentally. And my emotions are so... That little and then you can do that with a friend and it's a, it's a very it's a great little tool, but it gives you the ability, the ability of self-awareness of really saying where am I? Here's, here's for God and I to look at where I am and then redirect and I can't overemphasize that to you that that we can't redirect if we don't know where we are. Phantosis mm-hmm. it was taught to me years ago by a friend of mine, a therapist that is a great tool for self-awareness. So you know where you are when you start to spiral, this is how you can stop it, and it's also a very good tool to use with a, as a couple with a friend, you know, just two of you in your relationship. But but it's really valuable. And so, what it is, Thanos, it's an acronym. F is feelings. What am I fe- feeling? What am I feeling today? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling fear? Am I am I hurt? Am I lonely? And so we name our feelings, and then we kind of elaborate on them. Why? Where is? What's generating those feelings? And then A is affirmation. What is an affirmation, Scott? You need to hear and believe about yourself right now. And so we speak that affirmation into our life. Then N is what do you need right now? Well, I need to stop ruminating. I've been ruminating all day long on this negative thoughts about myself and the direction of my life. I need to stop doing that. And then ownership is... Something that I need to do, an action I need to take in. I need to own that I am the only one that can stop that ruminating, that I need to become more aware of it when it starts to happen and stop it right at the beginning. And then S is sobriety. And sobriety for us, I think, most of the time is just an emotional sobriety. Where am I? What's going on? And, rem- and what I also will help people see is that kind of that process that Bradshaw gave towards compulsion, that it starts with a trigger, and then that moves us to our obsession. We start obsessing about whatever it is that we want to, as, as Brene Brown would say, numb out with and to alter our mood. And then that moves towards a ritual. I, I move towards whatever I'm going to drink, I'm going to eat, whatever it is I use, and then, I, and then the compulsion I act it out. And so Thanos helps stop that downward spiral. And it also helps communicate to you really clearly, this is where I am. This is what I need. This is what I need to affirm. This is what I need. This is what I'm feeling. And this, I need to get my sobriety back and I need to own the responsibility of that.
0: So helpful. So helpful. Anna, um, there's an example in the book of how the process of self-awareness occurs. And it's called the autobiography in five short chapters. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay. I love this. This is by Portia Nelson. And this is kind of like the, the process that we want to kind of implement. And it's, so chapter one, I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find my way out. Chapter two, I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3 I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4 I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5 I walk down a different street.
0: (laughs) So helpful. Um, Anna, that's hard to live though, isn't it?
1: (laughs) It takes effort. It takes us getting out of our autopilot and really taking the time to pay attention.
2: I feel like we've really did a good job today of kind of communicating this key concept. And that is the energy to pay attention to what I need to be paying attention to because i got to do it every day because just the autopilot, just the reflection, I mean, um, to react is so easy. It doesn't take any energy at all. It's so deeply ingrained. But to create a new neural pathway, a new response, it all starts with awareness, and that requires a daily training and practice. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think it's important to recognize maybe sometimes when we're in a dark place and we feel like we don't have the energy to give to that process, To also recognize the flip side that if we are not um, actively being aware and we're in these negative dysfunctional patterns, that also is draining our energy, energy that we could potentially be putting towards making change. So I would just encourage you if you're thinking like, oh, that sounds like more work than I have energy to give to, to also recognize a lot of your energy is being drained by this whole negative um, dysfunction.
0: Dr. Leaf, Scott, who you love the quote, I'll quote her for you. Neurons that don't get enough signal, which she calls the rehearsing of the negative event, will start firing apart, wiring apart, pulling apart, and destroying the emotion attached to the trauma. Pruning our thoughts and breaking free from bad habits is how the reflective system changes the automatic system's toxic autopilot settings it works by capturing our thoughts and replacing them with higher thoughts. And I hear you say this all the time about taking thoughts captive. So how do we capture a thought and why?
2: For, you capture it by being aware. And you, that's that's the primary way. I just, and then also for me, it takes some preliminary work where I'll, I'll write them all down. I'll spend some time with God. When I'm in a good place, I'll say, okay, these are the thoughts that have been with me for a long, long time that pull me down. They create a trajectory, you know it's either going to pull me up or down. And so I, I list them all out. I know what my battle is. These are the thoughts I got to be taken captive because they're gonna lead me down that dark path. And then I put my me, my redirected thoughts. This is what I'm going to replace it with. You are a good man, you, and, and I'm living out of my imagination. I, I love going back to the quote, and I think she would just, Dr. Leaf would just so love what Covey said, that I can live out of my imagination instead of my memory. That is just one of the most profound statements. My memory tells me I'm limited. This is going to occur again, uh, and it just creates, a, it's a hopeless. It creates a mindset of despair. And my imagination In the word enthusiasm, with God, I become enthusiastic about life. I can imagine, even in the most dire circumstances, I'm going to grow out of this. That hope is growing on the very ground that I am standing. And God meets me there, and it begins with awareness, and I start to diffuse those thoughts.
0: And a rumination. Uh, I guess the best of of so many of us. It's a beast. Yeah. How how do we capture Um, those thoughts?
1: Yeah. So for me, it's Mm -hmm. really like literally paying attention to like how I'm feeling physically. Like how, like, do I, like, am I short of breath? Like, 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 am I, is my, you know, my muscles tense? And if I'm feeling bad in my body, you know, apart from being like physically ill from something, but when I'm feeling that, that stress response inside of my body, then I know, okay, it's really time for me to pay attention to what I'm thinking about. And um, are my thoughts lining up? Are they good? Are they right? Are they true? Are they helpful? If they are not all of those things, it's time for me to like redirect my thoughts in another direction um, because that's what's obviously triggering that stress response inside my body.
0: Scott, help us wrap up this day with some words of, of help and wisdom.
2: Two key words I think emerged from this chapter for the reader and for the listeners that potential and possibility potential and possibility are the thoughts that I'm choosing to think creating an environment in my mind and my life of, the mind, of me growing into a potential and that in all things are possible with God or is it limiting me saying that's not it's not possible uh, I don't have the potential And that pulls us down. So we'll we'll talk more about this as we go further along in the book. But beginning to take thoughts captive, either it's leading to potential and possibilities and growth and a whole new life in the hope of that, or it's pulling me back and it's going to limit me. And I will fall back into old patterns. That's easy. It takes energy and effort. So having faith takes energy. It really does because I have to be paying attention. To what I need to be paying attention to, I need to redirect with God's word and have that word feed me, feed my life, and feed that growth. Uh, and I gotta, and as soon as those old negative thoughts start coming and I, and I start ruminating those self-defeating, those shame-based thoughts, I gotta empty them out and I gotta go on with the new. That's that's a whole significant paradigm
0: shift. Well friends you're hearing it from your friends Scott and Anna and George uh, a song I used to hear as a kid I am a promise and I am a possibility you guys remember that song I, I am a promise love it of, of eventuality <laughs> <Possibility>. yeah yeah <laughs> um, sincerely um, wherever you find yourself today just know that there is a better future and the path is not always easy. To get there but uh you're loved you're there is help there is help there is a, a, a god who is guiding and directing and there are friends like restore small groups that, that can help so uh we love you and thank you for listening we'll be back again with another episode soon